hello and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Delete. My guest today is the brilliant Selena Barker. I wanted to do an episode all about working from home. Some of us might be working from home for the first time, we might be finding a new routine, or even if we've worked from home before, it's still a bit strange to be working from home every single day. So I wanted to do an episode on how to stay sane and sharing some tips and tools and exercises that can help us during the day. Selena Barker is a life design and career change coach. She's a writer, podcast host and co-founder of Project Love. She's also the creator of the Goodbye Hello Journal. And she's been on the podcast before, but she's just someone who I find very comforting, someone who's brilliant at sort of calming everything down, slowing everything down and giving advice on designing your own day and avoiding burnout as well. Right now, she's working on a new book all about breaking out of the burnout cycle and how to thrive in a fast paced world, but without the detrimental side effects of the fast paced world that we're in. It's out in 2021. And if you enjoy this conversation, you can listen to her every week on the Project Love podcast. In this episode, we dig into how to stay sane at home, how to set psychological boundaries when our physical boundaries have temporarily gone and how to structure your day in a way that works for you. I found this episode so helpful. I was having a bit of a strange week last week where I just could not get into the flow of working from home. So I hope this episode helps you as much as it helped me. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps people find the podcast. Have a good week and I will see you next time. I start off this episode by asking Selena, how important is it to establish a routine right now? These are unprecedented times. Even those of us who are used to working from home, I mean, I've been working from home for over 10 years and I'm having to change everything up. I've got a son, so he's not at school. My partner also works, you know, for himself. So we're having to create a new routine, a new structure having to find new spaces to work from. So some people might have worked from home for years as well, but suddenly where they normally work from could be the kitchen table or, you know, the the sitting room. Suddenly it's got housemates in it or a partner who doesn't normally work from home or children. So I think most of us are having to change how we do things. And even those of us, it hasn't changed much. We're dealing with a global pandemic. We're dealing with all the associated feelings that come with that. So it's not even if your setup is the same, you're having to wake up every day and deal with the uncertainty and the fear and the grief and the sadness and all the unexpected feelings that are coming up. So I think just even having being able to focus and get into the right headspace to work even those of us who have always worked from home and not much of that has changed, even we're having to find new ways to actually focus and get into a calm headspace to be able to do our work. It's so, so true. And I've always worked from home occasionally, but I've never solidly worked from home. So this is definitely new mm. for me as well. I always used to escape to you know a cafe or, or somewhere or just like bounce around really and work from all sorts of places. But I've now realized more than ever this, structure that I need now in the mornings and I know that a lot of people talk about morning routines a lot and they have their morning routine where they do I don't know maybe a breathing exercise or they don't check their phone or they take a longer breakfast but do you think now more than ever the morning is a bit more of a sacred time? Yeah I really do I think because like I say all these emotions are going on I woke up this morning 
and immediately felt sad. That's so unusual for me these days. Like I've had my moments in life, but like to wake up and immediately feel sad, it's like, oh God, I, you know, I've got podcasts to record today. I need to get myself into a, you know, a positive mood. And so I need to spend that morning attending to myself and doing things that create a space so I can be with those feelings, have compassion, nourish myself, care for myself. And so I think, yeah, definitely using the mornings to to nurture ourselves, nourish ourselves and do what we need to do to get ourselves ready for the day, whether that's mm-hmm. journaling to get the feelings out, whether it's trying meditation. If you wake up feeling quite anxious, doing try meditation. A lot of these things you may have never tried before and some of these things you might have done now and again. You might be finding that actually it helps every morning to start doing these things or having a toolkit. I'm not someone I never have daily routine or ritual I like to have a variety of things I can pick and choose from so some mornings I'm like I just want to go and stand outside in the fresh air because now London has fresh air which is exciting and breathe it in and just connect with that stillness you know I feel like collectively we are being called to go inward obviously physically indoors but I think there's a real stillness that I don't want to get to the end, to come out the other side of this pandemic and say, you know what, I was just as busy then as I was before it happened. I want to feel like I actually listened to this call to be quieter, be more still. So I'm allowing some time for that in the mornings. But I think it's just acknowledging that we've got a lot of emotions to deal with each day that we get up. I think if you find yourself getting very anxious in the morning and your head getting filled up with news, just even communications from your loved ones, you do have permission to not plug in straight away. So I don't listen to the news in the morning. I don't do much communication. You know, we really need to take ownership of our information intake and our communication intake because it's already, I think, very overwhelming for a lot of people. So you do have permission to remain unplugged at the start of the day. And I think it's actually quite important to, particularly if you've got work to do. So I start Mm -hmm. my morning gently quietly I get my son ready he has his breakfast and then I hand over to my partner and I go upstairs and what I'm finding is that having a structure to my day is really important this is a new structure to my day since self-isolation 9 30 I start my work I'm in my room I close the door I've got my cup of coffee some people will literally need to make a cup of tea open their laptop and they're ready to go Others of us might find we need to do more things to, to actually get into that work mode and get focused. So it might be, again, journaling to get the stuff in your head out. It might be dancing around on the spot for a couple of minutes. It might be watching some, something inspirational. It might be doing a three-minute meditation or putting on your favorite music. And then what I've been doing is I've been going, right, every day I start at 9.30. I break for lunch at 1. I finish the day at 3.00. I don't think people should be doing a nine to five, six, seven, whatever you normally do. A, because we're in a global pandemic and our energy is being drained by all the uncertainty and the fear and the anxiety. We have to have compassion for ourselves. So I don't think we should be trying, certainly shouldn't try to be as productive as we normally are. There's been a lot of that going on on Instagram at the moment, begging people to not be expecting themselves to be as productive as they normally are. But also, if you've been working in an open plan office for most of your working life, you, without perhaps realizing it, 
waste an awful lot of time doing things that are not work related. So you will find that if you actually structure your day and have some focused work with regular breaks, you'll probably get more done in four hours than you normally do in a working day of eight, eight, nine hours. So I am actually, do you know what? It's really important to acknowledge the fact that we're not, this isn't just a fun social experiment to get everyone working from home and to see how they like it. And, you know, opportunities for everyone to design their day. We're having to try to work from home through these difficult times. But I do also think there is an exciting opportunity here to to actually have a go at designing a working day that works for you. And the key things for me in this are to structure your day, just like I've talked about, having a set start time, a set end time, a lunch break, and then probably two other little breaks, mid-morning, mid-afternoon do a shorter working day, but also focusing on managing your energy. And that's something that I say to people anyway, when it comes to thriving in life. I think right now, that's really important to do that. So really good little things to do, particularly if you're finding it hard to focus is use the Pomodoro technique. I feel like you mentioned this in your book. I think I did actually. It's really interesting though, what you just said, because like the whole multi-hyphen method obviously was written before all of this but my whole thing was like well what if you can design your working week what if you had seven days as a blank slate what if you could spread your energy out in a way that works for you and now I feel like we're all you know trying it out it's weird yeah exactly and that's why you know while acknowledging look we're going through a really hard time it's an emotional roller coaster this you know last week I was feeling incredibly grounded and serene and this week I'm feeling more wobbly and mm-hmm. so it's honoring all of that but I do think there's so many opportunities in this and one of them is that of like you know as as a life design coach I am pretty excited about the fact that we do have the opportunity to desi- design our day in a way we never have done before and I you definitely in your book I do remember this talked about some some of us are early birds and some of us are night owls. I'm sure you did. Do you yeah, remember? The, it, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we all should really pay attention to our body clocks. Is yeah. Definitely important. So one of the, so I'm writing a book at the moment on burnout. And so a lot of that, I've been really getting heavy into the research about how to manage your energy and how to harness your natural kind of biological rhythm. So the ultradian biological rhythms that we all have going on is something we know about at night when we have REM sleep. I think I've got it right. That's the dream state when your brain is really active. And then the non-REM when your brain has gone just quiet and rested and you're in deep relaxation. That goes on throughout the day. We just aren't so aware of it. So we have naturally moments where we want to be more active and focused and moments when our body wants to rest and relax. So this, I think, is a really important time to leverage that. What it means, what it looks like, I'll tell you what it looks like for me. I start at 9.30 and I have a block of an hour and a half where I work and then I take a 20-minute break and then I have another hour and a half and then a, then a lunch break. In that hour and a half, I do the Pomodoro technique where I do 25 minutes of focused work and then five minutes of rest. That could mm. be lying on my bed, staring at the ceiling. It could be going for a walk around the block. It could be going and making a cup of tea. It could be putting a wash on, like something that switches off from my screen and from my work. And then I come back. And that can be really effective when you're struggling to focus, which I'm hearing a lot of people are just struggling to focus because there's so much going on. If you say to yourself, okay, let's just switch off from the outside world for 25 minutes and focus on this piece of work. 
then also switching it up so you know deep focus work like writing for example do that for a first 25 minute slot take a break and then do something else maybe so for me yesterday it was editing a podcast it's easy I'm listening I'm editing so you know it's switching these things up because the idea I don't want you to get the end of your working day absolutely exhausted because you have Mm -hmm. so much to be dealing with yeah and I'm finding that actually getting the hard stuff done in the mornings or before lunch is changing everything because I just want the afternoon to be an easy ride because it's almost like using I'm using up more energy than normal even though I'm staying in the same place all day you're using up so much emotional energy it's emotional energy takes so much all those feelings of uncertainty and fear and sadness and anxiety or whatever you've got going on are drawing so much from your energy bank this is one thing I really recommend everyone do is some form of I'm going to call it energetic activity because people I I resisted the word exercise for decades but moving your body particularly when we're having to stay put actually charges you up it's like charging up a battery it helps it's such a magic pill it helps clear your head helps you to feel more positive helps you to remember that you are strong you have got this you are resilient and it gets you out of your head and into your body which I think we really need to be doing so Having one of those little breaks, it could be dancing around your bedroom. It could be going for a walk around the block. It could be doing one of these many gazillion exercise, online exercise things that we're getting at the moment. Um, It could be vigorous housework, but getting your body moving is something I really, really recommend that you work into your day at some point. It's such good advice. I'm actually during all this becoming more of a exercise person than I was before and it feels it's weird it's almost like my personality type unfortunately is someone who if I'm not allowed to do something I want to do it and it doesn't matter (laughs) what that is because I just want to rebel against what I'm being told to do so I'm like running every day almost like an act of um (laughs) freedom freedom. (laughs) um and I'm really noticing I'm noticing now you know the truth in what people have been telling me for years it is true and it does wake you up it does motivate you and change how you feel about yourself because we're not just brains wandering around like we're we're whole bodies but I just wondered if you had any words of wisdom on setting boundaries. I know you just said about the, you know, you're allowed to give yourself a permission slip on, you know, pushing back a little bit on being constantly plugged in. You know, if you've got family members and work colleagues and people constantly wanting to video call you, for example, I mean, how do you think we can set that boundary a little bit more? Yeah, I think it's so important. I think that so for my for my book, I've been doing a lot of research on... I can't wait to read your book, by the way. Oh. We need it. And I, and I also think that working from home goes hand in hand with burnout because like you say, we're, it's never ending if you, don't, if you don't let it stop. Yes, absolutely. So boundaries, thank you for mentioning boundaries. They're so important. Starting with the boundaries around the communication because it's kind of gone a bit bananas and I think it can very quickly become very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's really key to communicate with your nearest and dearest the times at which you're available to talk, particularly if you're working. So my parents know that from 9.30 to 3 p.m. I'm working. It's not a time for us to be talking. They know in the afternoon that's a time where we can chat. 
I put boundaries around how much I use my own smartphone. So in the book, I was doing so much research on smartphone addiction. And as I did the research, I realized, Emma, how addicted I was to my phone. I didn't realize that everyone else seemed to have turned their notifications off about two years ago. But I would have <laughs> it sitting there on my desk, pinging up at me, not realizing how much it was constantly drawing my attention, keeping me in a sort of permanent sort of semi fight or flight mode and adding to my anxiety and set of kind of constantly feeling like I need to always be available, always need to be switched on, always need to be answering people's messages. It was affecting my memory. The number of times I used to walk in a room and go, why have I walked into here? And as soon as I stopped, as soon as I took notifications off and started to use my phone mindfully, which meant going, I choose when I go into my phone and go onto social media and check my messages. It's not, doesn't just tell me every time I need to be looking at it, which was like every three seconds practically. So I learned the power of putting boundaries around that. Then of course, all this happened and that went out the window and I was on my phone constantly again, just constantly checking, constantly in communication. I could feel it coming up again, that anxiety and that feeling, that pressure that I needed to be available at all times. And if you're working within a team, I work for myself. So I mean... I don't have many people demanding my attention apart from family and friends. I know people who've got teams and they're just like, they used to complain about being in an open plan office and being constantly interrupted, which is a big problem. And now they're just like, it's just now it's happening through my phone and through constant Zoom meetings. So I think it's really important to push back, particularly say for work, you've got a team. If like you're saying, Emma, you're finding the first part of the day is the best time to do that focused hard work. I'm exactly the same. That's when I've got my energy. Then you can say, I think it's important again, give yourself permission to say to your work colleagues, listen, I'm using the first part of the day to not check my phone, not check my emails, not listen to the news and get this focused work done. I will check in at 11 a.m., say for example. That's when I'll start checking my emails. If it's really urgent, you can call me. Like I'll have my phone on. We don't put these boundaries down enough at the best of times, but we really, really need to be doing it now to protect our mental health and our anxiety levels because all of that constant communication and always being available and always being on is going to be really adding to your anxiety levels. It's so, so true. And I think we're not really taught how to set those boundaries in, in our adult life because it can be hard sometimes and I think we're all in a state of a bit of panic and and what happens sometimes out of panic is people are asking for favors a lot more than often or people are reaching out more than often and of course you we want to be there for people but I think it can be a lot to take on if you feel constantly plugged in and it's interesting what you just said because I think a lot of old habits can come back during these times yeah and it's not our fault (laughs) but some of the work we've done can be undone and it's just a time to kind of try and put those boundaries back in because I I think on the whole people do respond to boundaries respectfully. Do you know what it's such a big topic and I'm so glad you've mentioned that because that's exactly it. It feels scary to set boundaries but it's so important for our self-care, our mental health, a time like this and any time to set boundaries but you know the beauty of it is even if some people like oh 
oh, I see. What well, you're not going to be, oh, you're not going to be checking emails until 11 or family members might be like, oh, I see. Oh, you're too busy, are you, to speak to me until three? My parents didn't actually say that. They're, they're getting pretty good these days with me setting boundaries. But that could be, an, you know, a common response from people, particularly at a time where they're like, I want to be constantly in contact. But what it does is it then gives them permission to set boundaries. So they'll be like, yes. oh, well, if, oh, I see. Oh, well, actually, oh, yeah, hang on a minute. If you're setting boundaries, you know what? I want to set a boundary too. I want to finish my work every day at 4 p.m. I need this right now. Or, you know, I need to have time with my family. Like I need to be doing things differently. We all think this is a really important time to be learning or practicing setting boundaries and letting people know when you're going to be available and when you're not going to be available. Mm. It's so true. I wanted to ask you a little bit about when you get to the end of the day. For me, I'm shutting my laptop at like five, five-ish, which is a lot earlier than I normally would. But now I feel like more than ever, I need that time in the yeah. evening to myself. Now that we we don't have a physical boundary anymore, necessarily like walking in the front door, coming home from work. How do you kind of switch off like psychologically when when it is all contained in within one house. Yeah, <laughs> it's a absolutely. Hard, it's a hard question, but I just wondered if between us we could maybe talk about that because I think the psychological boundary of work and non-work is is harder than ever now. It's a brilliant question. So I find this quite exciting. So again, people who've been used to leaving their house to go to work, even if like you, they you know you work for yourself, but you're, you've still chosen to do that. So normally work away from the house. You've had yeah. a natural, you've had natural routines and a natural transition, physical transition period of travel that has got you first into work mode and then got you out of work mode into home mode. So we're, now that we haven't got those sort of normal transition routines, we've got to create them. So just coming back to the start of the day. There are different things you can do. Today, for example, I got into a, a dress. I actually just dressed up for the occasion because I was just like, you know what? I want to feel like, you know, I want to feel fabulous as I'm coming and recording a podcast. I don't want to be sitting in my pajamas. Also fine if I if it was working for me to sit in my pajamas. I did notice you were wearing a lovely scarf on your in your Instagram <laughs> stories. And it made me think, I need to up my game and not just wear the same thing every day. <laughs> I was inspired by you with one of your Instagram posts where you're wearing a oh, fabulous yeah. dress. And I was like, God, I'm too extreme right. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's fine as well. And you know what? Yesterday I woke up and I was like, mm, what do I want to put on today to get myself into like the frame of mind I want to be with my work? And I think that's a good place to start. How do you want to feel as you sit, get yes. into your work? Yesterday I wanted to put on leggings and a loose top. I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to be snuggly, hence the big scarf. And other days I want to be a bit more, come on, yeah, I want to be like feeling all vibey. So I yes. think it's, you know, so actually getting into something as simple as you could walk around the block and come back into your house and be like, right, now I'm in work mode. Open the door, transition, make your coffee or your cup of tea, head to that space. I will talk a moment about creating a space for yourself, but go and sit down wherever you're working and that could be your transition. And it's the same the other side. So when you end your day, put your tools away. Have them like wherever you're working, if you're using the kitchen table, put everything work-related away because it's going to be really easy now to blur that line between work and home. Have something that you do. Have a little ritual that you do. It could be maybe you go and, again, you go for a walk around the block. Maybe you go for a run. 
and come back. And that's, you know, the run marks. This is the separation between work and home. Maybe you go and have a shower and you get changed. So I quite often will go and change into different clothes because now I'm going to be playing with my son, going to the park. And it's helps me to transition and tell myself I'm now at home with my family present to them which I struggle at, at the best of times, because I love my work and my addiction is work and it's something I'll always have to be working with. But that really helps. But, you know, it can be, I mean, going, having a gin and tonic could be your transition. It, mm. Whatever works for you, but definitely having something that you do consciously that marks, this ends my work and this starts my chill, play, fun, relaxed nourishment time. And I think it's really important to do something after your work, particularly at the moment, but just in general to be thriving in life, that you don't just slump in front of the TV, that you actually do something that is for you, that's just a bit of fun, play, chatting with a friend, whatever it is. Do you know what I've just ordered from Amazon, which (laughs) I'm not, not proud of? but I didn't know where else to buy them. Some magical painting books. Have you heard yeah. of them? Which one? Hang on. What are they? So you basically, you get a paintbrush and you dip it in water. Oh, and yeah. And you put, you put the water onto the page and it basically like <laughs> explodes with colour. So you're painting, but not with paint. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to bring back that childhood self. <laughs> Do you know what, Emma? That is music to my ears. That exactly what we need to be doing. Exercise is one thing like just moving your body and then play and simple pleasures. It's so important at this time that we're allowing for that, which is why I say, you know, that transition, not just from work mode into like home, slump in front of the TV, but home, do something that's playful, fun, or, you know, maybe it's meditation, but yeah, these, these playful things. Luckily I have a house of a four and a half year old. So my house is full of (laughs) finger paints those magic, exactly what you're talking about, you know, just the, the the magic painting, all sorts of stuff. And I'm using that for myself because it's really important that we keep connecting with things like playfulness and simple pleasures during these times. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much. I know that your book is not out yet but it will be i'm still writing it we we, we will all go and buy it once you exactly (laughs) yes you are writing it still sorry i'm getting very impatient i need need the book um where can people find you and and sort of bookmark this book as well that you're writing and and kind of follow follow along with you because you really are and i don't just say this such an amazing person on the internet and in real life obviously but just someone to follow for kind of that uplift um, it, it, yeah thank it's, you it's Emma so good oh amazing well so you can find me on selinabarker.com I've just so I'm co-founder of Project Love so I've got the Project Love podcast with my my business wife Vicky Pavitt and we're also on Instagram at love project love so we've got a real just positive loving vibe going on there and I've just started my new home on Instagram at Selena the coach where it's just me and talking about things like how to use life design tools to help us through this time. And Mm. because actually really take it slowly, be gentle, like do not overschedule your day. I think it's just so important, but to have these light, this sort of light structures, starting your day at a certain time, your work day, ending it at a certain time, 
having breaks at a certain time actually help in really uncertain times to give us a, a feeling of certainty and a feeling of control. And I actually went today to my calendar and I just blocked in my work sessions, my break times, my lunch breaks, simple stuff. I haven't mm, put in what I'm going to be doing those sessions. Advice. And do you know what? It gave me such a sense of calm and stability and control that I was really craving. And it's such a simple thing. But, you know, I've always talked about the power of designing your day. You know, you talk about it so much in your book as well. And I think this is a time, don't go over the top, certainly don't expect to be, this is not a time to like get really productive. This is a time for compassion, a time for being still, a time for, yeah, just giving yourself lots of simple pleasures and playfulness. But that structure, that that kind of light structure can really help to ground you. Totally. Yeah, and help you to feel calm. Thank you so much for all of that. Excellent. Thank you. You feel calm. I've well, I've (laughs) do you know what? Having these conversations are a tonic for me. They just light up my day. So thank you. And I too I've forgotten this. I was gonna tell you the other day. I was listening to a podcast, I think about of yours a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh goodness. I was gardening, which is also totally new to me. But there we go. (laughs) The things it's forcing us to discover we love. I was gardening while listening to one of your episodes, and I was like, this is what does it for me. This is what helps me being physical and listening to Emma. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's been a funny one because I love making this podcast and and obviously, you know, talking about random stuff or not random, but just not not really news related. So I felt like, you know, is it necessary? And then I thought, you know what? It it really is actually Mm. podcasts are an escape. So but yeah, this one, I think uh, will be extra helpful. So thank you. Yeah, come back on soon. Thank you. I would love to. 